Who is Dr. John Butler? Part 1. If you have followed the posts on the transforming therapy hypnosis approach, the posts on the courses, the other interviews with Dr. John Butler, you may have come to wonder who Dr. John Butler is. Who is this person who has such an extensive knowledge on hypnosis? And that is exactly what we are going to tackle in these two interviews. My name is Axel Hombach. I'm the head and leading hypnotist and coach of the Hypnose Zentrum Köln. I'm currently online with Dr. John Butler of the HDI, which is the Hypnotherapy Training International, the leading school in hypnotherapy and hypnosis worldwide. The HDI was originally founded by Gil Boyne, of who he is the successor. Gil Boyne himself was one of the most influential figures in modern hypnotherapy and modern hypnosis. And John Butler carries on his legacy. John Butler was one of my teachers in hypnosis and I consider him one of the best, if not the best teacher in hypnosis that I ever had. And not only there, one of the best teachers I've ever had. He's currently sitting, not next to me, he's sitting in London. And please let us say hello to John. John, hello. So, as we talked about, this is going to be about who you are. Well, I've already said that I consider you one of the best teachers I've ever had and certainly one of the most knowledgeable people in hypnosis I've ever met. And uh, earlier this year, when you gave the class in Transforming Therapy here in Cologne, the feedback reflected that you are obviously one of the best teachers that is out there and as it so happens since people met you i'm asked over and over again who is john butler uh, how did he get into hypnosis and uh, what what is he doing currently and there are a lot of questions that people seem to be interested in well not only people i'm also very interested in your biography and your history and so this is all about. Some time ago you sent me a biography, a small CV so to speak, and when we look on the internet we can also find a list of titles, of grades, of positions that you hold. There's a lot about you that we can start. So first let me ask a very simple question, very open question which can lead to anywhere you choose to. John, who are you? Well, thank you, Axel. Well, as you've mentioned, I'm the director of the HTI. Uh, just to clarify what you've said about Gil Boyne's work, the HTI uh, that Gil ran for many years in Los Angeles was the Hypnotism Training Institute. And Hypnotherapy Training International is continuing his work uh, he was very influential in persuading me finally to set up a school of my own and from there we've branched out and taught in many countries and the aim is the same really to promote the very best quality of hypnotherapy worldwide that we can. So 
that's one part of who I am. It's my passion, it's a vocation, it's a major part of something I do every day. We're always working on our next courses here in London or in other countries and looking at the research and working on the current student cadre that we have, how they're getting on. And so it's very much a 24 hours a day operation almost to keep our whole world of hypnotherapy advancing the way that we want it to go. Now, I also, of course, work and see clients. I do clinical work to this day, and that's been a major part of my background. My teaching is based on the pragmatics of clinical work as opposed to theoretical work from different academic disciplines, which is very important in the way it helps us understand and develop some of the methodologies in hypnotherapy. But the practical work is a foundation that it cannot be minimized and must be the predominant part of hypnotherapy. It's the clinical art of hypnotherapy that is the most important thing for our students to learn. And they can read up and immerse themselves in the theories, uh, academic theories and various theories out there uh, as part of a background to their clinical practical skills. So clinical work is a big part of my life too. And I think it's very important that teachers keep in touch with the clinical work so that they're teaching from a position of constant engagement with clients, as well as working from their practical skills of teaching, which they're developing and working with all the time. So keeping your clinical skills active and hot is very critical. I'm also involved in teaching, still teaching at the academic level in the medical world, the world of medical, clinical medicine, research medicine, and that's teaching neuroanatomy, neurophysiology, uh, anything really with a, a neuro label in it is part of what I do in the, the teaching and the academic level. Yeah, as I've read, you hold a degree and PhD in neuroendocrinology. What exactly is that that you studied there? Well, neuroendocrinology is looking at the, the neurological and endocrinological systems where they are uh, interactive. Uh, and looking at essentially how the brain regulates the endocrine system, as the brain regulates every activity in the body. And of course, the body sends that in information to the brain in complex feedback loops. And the neuroendocrinology is really studying that in all of its vast complexity. So I researched in one particular area of that, and uh, that's part of what I teach, of course, as well. That sounds as if there are some overlaps to hypnosis there. From the brain perspective, if you, if you look at the brain and how the hormones are regulated, etc., and how you apply maybe suggestion, maybe in pain management, maybe in other areas like in, uh, like in stress management, etc., everything of those areas is regulated by various hormones or neurotransmitters etc and I could imagine that from your uh, university perspective you are uh, somehow very well suited to dive into hypnosis too. Yes Axel well the research into hypnotherapy has come on in leaps and bounds as technology has improved. Years ago when I was interested in the science behind hypnosis, how it acts on the brain, well the technology was very limited by comparison to today's standards. Basic EEG, 
and we have then of course moved on a lot with neuroimaging methodology and MRIs, it's functional MRI and other systems. So a great deal more is now known. My interest in the brain coming from a scientific background was to look at how the brain works and this is a vast field of itself, how the brain regulates itself and the body and to study the brain is too vast and complex to try and understand it all in one package so to speak. One has to break it down into systems within the brain, areas within the brain, and look at it, particular functions that go on there. And so one looks at uh, certain neuronal groups, the cells that are there, the neurophysiology, the neuroanatomy, the synaptic connections, the pathways, the wiring, and seeing how that is constructed, that's the anatomy, how it works at, at the physiological level, and then how that regulates functions within the body, which then feed back into the brain itself. And so a lot of what I do, of course, that I study was more of the mainstream where hypnotherapy itself is very much on the side of uh, research. It doesn't get a lot of grants, a lot of attention. But the work of people like John Griselier and Helen Crawford in the United States, several other people, Rainville and others, has opened a lot of windows into our understanding of the effects of hypnosis on activity in the brain and it's quite intriguing and there's many debates about what it all means and certainly from my background it's easier for me to understand that and conceptualize it in lots of different ways that if I hadn't got the background in the hard sciences of the brain. My original work was looking at estrogenic regulation of certain cell groups in the brain and how those cell groups then triggered pituitary activity and then triggered the hormonal axis that affects regulation. And so that was one part of my research. And of course, a hormone like estrogen affects not only reproductive function and reproductive areas of the brain, but it's involved in all kinds of other activities and affects the functioning of cells, particular cell groups specifically, but affects all cells to some extent, and how important that hormone is. So there is a lot of complexity in studying the brain. It's the most complex structure we've yet discovered in the universe. And with our brains, we are struggling to understand the brain. And I think hypnotherapy will, in due course, be seen as a major part of how we understand consciousness and how that works in the human brain and in human behavior. Now, that's not to say that perhaps science has, will have all the answers, but... Uh, I think it's a very valuable part of hypnotherapy that we understand the basics at least of the science behind it and then we can look further then into areas where science has yet not understood how things operate but with good clinical observations, good empirical observations, we'll be able to find what works best to help patients, to help our clinical work become the very best it can be. And from the brain perspective, as I understand, you not only work with the brain as a neurologist, but you have also some kind of a background in psychology and psychotherapy and have worked in both fields. Is that so correct to say? Yes, that's true, because my clinical work has involved working with people with the clinical issues they bring, which are often areas to do with stress, anxiety, the psychological problems they bring, which of course have profound effects on the neurological, 
neurophysiological activity of the brain and they feed into each other of course. In the clinical work then it's important that a person has a good understanding of psychological principles and these of course overlap between psychotherapy and hypnotherapy and I've trained in psychotherapy several systems and was for many years on the board of the UK Council for Psychotherapy in the United Kingdom and I have utilized certain of the knowledge that is part of my psychotherapy training within my work with hypnotherapy because hypnotherapy is a very broad basis of psychological and uh, psychotherapeutic knowledge that it works from and so it's important to be able to use concepts ideas there that are very relevant to hypnotherapy so hypnosis being a mind-body therapy draws on information from all branches of psychology all psychological knowledge and I would argue also philosophical knowledge about human thinking human society human behavior I think the critical thing to understand that differentiates hypnosis and hypnotherapy from psychotherapy is the very direct way that hypnotherapy connects with the subconscious processes and without a lot of intellectual speculation about what could be wrong with the person based on one's prevailing psychological theory and the method of psychotherapy one is using be it cognitive be it psychoanalytic or any other system well hypnotherapy directly investigates what's happening in the subconscious layers of the mind, the subconscious process, if we want to call them that, and deals directly with them at that level. You mentioned that you were on the board, some official public board of the government in the UK. Uh, Or was it a different the, kind the UK, of board? See, yeah, the UK Council Psychotherapy is not a government board. It is well recognized by government agencies as one of the three main bodies regulating psychotherapy. And there are a lot of interactions, of course, between the UKCP and government policies and government activities in the field of mental health. Now, I was involved in many government-sponsored initiatives that were involved in the regulation, the self-regulation, the voluntary regulation of hypnotherapy that we have in the UK, of which there are many bodies involved in that as well. And I was, in the early 1980s, the main person, in fact, I was one of the first people, at least that I know of, in the modern era of regulation, and that began in, modern, in, in that er, early 1980s. I hoped to bring various people together from the schools that existed at the time and helped to get them talking to each other with a view to setting standards and raising standards, uh, developing the standards for the future for clinical practice and for training schools. So we would have a common basis of standard at least that the public could feel confidence in and that government agencies could also look at and feel, well, what these people do is a reasonable standard at least and in that initiative over the years and in the many initiatives really but in that movement to set and raise standards there's been progress and yet a lot remains to be done in my opinion still well it's only been 35 years then since the 80s and uh, <laughs> yes that's, <laughs> that's a lot a lot of time although it seems to be a lot of time it's more than a generation We know yes. how slow sometimes time works and until certain standards get through. And as I 
remember from my time at university it's more like old ideas die with the people and then there's room for new ideas because the new people are still alive would you say that in your experience is the same with the standardization or regulation in the uk i think that idea it does uh, hold a lot of credibility I think that when we look at human nature, whether it's in science or in any other field, well, really, we've become very devoted to our favorite theories and ideas. And so as we become so captivated by our own ideas and maybe invest a lot of energy and time writing about them, we're slow to change them in the face of new evidence. And so it is unfortunate but true that much of the progress in science hasn't come from the embracing of the data, but really from slowly but surely older people retiring the new people not being so wedded to the old ideas they weren't their ideas particularly and so they're more ready to accept new concepts and new developments new concepts new developments uh, you were the first person who developed a hypnosis course in the early 90s of the last century that was a hypnosis course for academia. Yes, back in 1990, we set up a course, which I'd written uh, the basis of that course, which was the first course in the National Health Service, the NHS here in the UK. And that was under the aegis of the University of Manchester. And that course was to teach nurses, midwives, people who would be using hypnosis with patients on the wards. And it was designed that they would have an ability to use hypnosis which had an academic basis and acceptance. So that course we taught for many years and it was the first official training in the NHS in hypnotherapy. And currently you are still teaching medical staff and people? I still teach in the medical school and I teach medical psychology and also in teaching I'm still teaching neuroanatomy in both practicals and tutorial groups. So those are academic commitments I still have and it's part of my work. It's part of your work means that you are slowly switching towards training hypnotherapy or hypnosis in general more than the academic teachings. Yes, because over the years the need for hypnotherapy as a very brief form of psychological therapy, as a very powerful form of psychological therapy, is seen. It's seen in the UK, in the Western world, in many parts of the world. And where the access to psychological services is very limited, the ability of governments to fund and train psychiatrists, psychotherapists, which is a very long trainings, is limited by their finances and by structural reasons as well in the academic system. And for many reasons anyway, many people do not have good access to psychological therapies. Hypnotherapy really fills that gap in a very powerful way. Uh, much more effective than, say, training counselors who only have a, a short period of training and therefore are equipped to deal with simpler problems. But with hypnotherapy, training them, even for a relatively short period of time, we train over 200 hours, That enables them to work with quite substantial range of problems, some problems that are, uh, would be considered relatively severe, and yet do this work effectively and safely and ethically. So that's a part of our, uh, my mission, my 
purpose at the moment to spread that hypnotherapy practice as far as I can globally. And in this function, I could imagine that is uh, very helpful that you are also the CEO of Westwood Publishing, the publisher that publishes the Green Bible, the book of Dave Elman. And you're also the current president of the American Council of Hypnotist Examiners. If you look at your two positions there and how far does it help you to spread uh, the idea or the, the techniques of hypnotherapy? Well, first thing, the publishing is important because it means we can keep very good quality materials in print, among the most important works that we feel that help students in their learning about hypnotherapy. They're very important training materials that we produce and these are available to students around the world and certainly in our own classes, all the students get access to this kind of material we provide as part of our training materials and the courses that we teach. And Westwood is a very specialized enterprise, founded by Gil Boyne, uh, at a time when some of the hypnotherapy materials were only available to licensed clinicians, in other words, licensed psychologists and physicians. And there was an elitist element of thinking at the time that unless you had training to physician level, you know, MD or a PhD in psychology, it wasn't appropriate to practice hypnotherapy. And thankfully that flawed thinking has now left us. And so the publishing company that was set up by Gill at the time made good works available and we're keeping that tradition going of making information about hypnotherapy available to people who need it and will benefit from it. Uh, the ACHG, the American Council of Hypnotist Examiners, was set up by Gil Boyne to help set and maintain standards in the U.S. for clinical practice and for training in schools. The way schools trained that they would have a minimum curriculum and basic curriculum and then they would at the same time have to submit their students to an examination which was set by the ACHE. So we knew that students had passed certain standards before they were considered graduates who were, enabled to, were able then to go out and work with the public with clinical issues. And the ACHE has had links with many schools over many years in different parts of the world. So it's, it's 36 years now since it was founded. Uh, this is October 2016, so it's over 30 years, 36 years. And in that time, it's been a very positive force for our field and has protected it uh, on many occasions, about 40 occasions, where there were attempts to restrict the practice of hypnotherapy to just very elitist groups who felt they should control the field. Uh, ACHE continues its work in America and has affiliations with uh, many countries and the uh, bodies there that are doing, not only training people but are regulating hypnotherapy in those countries, which is mostly self-regulation, voluntary regulation. Thank you, John. Unfortunately, our time is coming to an end and uh, I would thank you very much for your insight, for your information. Before we quit for now, are there some last words right now that you would like to give to our listeners? Well, Axel, I hope anybody listening is keen to find out more about the work we do, the training we offer, 
and how they can learn hypnotherapy for their own benefit. Not necessarily to train to become a hypnotherapist with us, but if that's part of their drive, their passion, their vocation, well, that's fine. I would wish that they would be able to do that and, uh, or train with other good schools that exist out there. At the same time, for people who are interested in learning about hypnotherapy for their own purposes, for personal development, to help them with psychological issues, I do hope they will take the time to look into the subject. And if necessary, then, if their interest is there, to connect with us and we will be able to provide them with more information. Thank you very much, John, and hope to talk to you soon again and uh, bye for now. Thank you, Axel. Goodbye for now.